with me to 2 Samuel chapter number 11. 2 Samuel 11. And when you find your place, if you would, stand with me. Honor and reverence of God's word. I've threatened a couple times to start a little few messages from the life of David. And we've looked at David a lot in 2023 already. And we see here uh, what forges the resolution, the strength, and the, uh, the faith in God in the life of David. And so his sin with Bathsheba is what I'm referring to this morning. And it, if, if you're a Bible student, it's no stranger to you. But chapter 11 of 2 Samuel, beginning in verse 1. The Bible says, And it came to pass, after the year was expired, at the time when kings go forth to battle, that David sent Joab and his servants with him in all Israel. And they destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David tarried still at Jerusalem. And it came to pass in an evening, evening tide that David arose from off his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman washing herself, and the woman was very beautiful to look upon. And David sent and inquired after the woman, and one said, Is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliab, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? And David sent messengers and took her, and she came in unto him, and he lay with her, for she was purified from her uncleanliness. And she returned unto her house. And the woman conceived and sent and told David and said, I am with child. Lord, we love you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for salvation. We thank you this morning for an opportunity to gather in your house. Lord, we pray that you would just bless us. I pray as we break this bread together this morning that you would help us to be sustained and to grow from it. Lord, knowing that uh, we can always learn from your precious word and from these scriptures God, we love you and we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name, amen, amen. I would propose to you a thought this morning uh, that we'll look at maybe in a few messages, the thought of when a man loses himself, when a man loses himself, when a man loses control of the sin in his life and, and doesn't have in check the lust and desire of his heart, you see him spiral out of control. We see that in the life of David, that he spirals out of control when he sins with Bathsheba. And to think of this scripture and think about maybe all the great things that David did and all the wonderful things that David accomplished, all the, the blessed things we see that God used David for before and after this sin with Bathsheba, the sin itself sticks out so much in his life. Let me tell you, sin in your life, it'll mark you. It'll leave you uh, marked and people will look at you and they will think about you uh, and, and if you, they see you in sin, the devil will use that in their mind to remind them of you and how you are. I have, unfortunately, people, I've told this story before. I went my last year and a half in high school. I did a, a 360-180 150, whatever you want to call it. I mean, it just, I, I entirely changed, entirely turned around, and God moved in my life, and, and I changed the way I lived. And 
living in, in, even in that time when public school was different than what I hear it is now, uh, it was hard. It was difficult to, to live different. Um, there were people that saw, man, we got this guy, he was living, uh, one of the guys living like us, and now he's a preacher. And you know what, Sam, that, that was a, a wonderful testimony to some people. But there were a couple of people I could not touch and I couldn't reach uh, because the sin in my life had spiraled out of control. And they, they saw me live a certain way. They heard certain things come out of my mouth. They knew that I lived, uh, did certain things with them. And, and I participated them with, with them in sin. And then when my life turned around, they, they couldn't believe it. saw one guy at Ingalls one time many years ago. And I told him about all the great things God was doing. And I, I invited him to church. And he said... I appreciate it, but you used to live just like I do. And I think I'm all right without it. And that testimony of sin in, in my life, it told a story too. Just like the good things in my life, just like, like the things God's done, that, that, that witness of sin in my life, it told a story. And I, I spiraled out of control. And thank God I got back in and I got right. But I wasn't able to regain my testimony with that one person. And it's so sad because uh, we see that in the life of David. And verse 1, it says, it, And it came to pass after the year was expired, at the time when kings go forth to battle, that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David tarried still at Jerusalem. David had been on the campaign and on the war path and he had been uh, uh, fighting in war. They'd fought Ammon, they had fought uh, uh, the Syrians and he had had great many battles and no doubt he comes into Jerusalem and uh, he, he decides maybe it's time to take it easy. We see him just kind of uh, take it easy there in Jerusalem. And no doubt people were telling stories maybe uh, at the social centers in, in Jerusalem about all the great things that they had heard about. Uh, my brother come back from uh, war with, uh, with David, and man, I, if, if you could only hear the amazing things that God has been doing and the great things that David has accomplished uh, out in war. And, and I hear that they're going to go back out, and they're going to go and they're going to besiege the Ammonites at Rabbah. David's done a great many things. But David, he didn't go back out to war. You see, when a man loses himself, and this is the beginning of the sin in David's life spiraling out of control, when he loses control of that sin in his life, it's left unchecked, he loses his reasoning. And first we see David, he neglects his duty as king. Lust, it has no greater breeding ground than when we are somewhere we're not supposed to be. David, he tarried there at Jerusalem. And what does that verse say? It says that, that at the time when kings go forth to battle. We're living in a different day here, folks. We're living in a different time when we're talking about David. We're talking about a day where the kings prove themselves by going and leading their armies. We're talking of a day where, uh, hey, our president, we couldn't imagine our president going and standing uh, any of them for that, that matter, uh, in recent days, going and leading the army and going and being on campaign and going and being part of the war. But in this day, the kings, they, they went out to battle. They led their armies. And David, he neglects his duty as the king. And he stays there in Jerusalem when he sends out Joab to go and besiege Rabbah. 
David, he's in the wrong place. He neglects his duty, and no doubt his mind began in his lack of purpose. His mind began to wander. He began to think about other things. He began to consider other things and think about uh, maybe uh, just personal desires and personal endeavors, and maybe not anything wrong, but he just had a free mind to do what he wanted to do in this time he's here in Jerusalem. And uh, Robert Murray McShane, he was a, a, a pastor at St. Peter's Church in Dundee, Scotland. He died when he was 29 years old. I believe it was in the 1840s uh, that he died. He told his church one time, he said, if all the secret thoughts of everyone present that day in the service were instantly exposed to public view, the house of God would look more like the gate of hell than the gate of heaven. And I'm telling you today, this morning, first thing we learned from David is that David, he's here at home and he should have been out at war. And he's here at home and he's neglecting his duty as the king to lead. And what is he doing? He takes off his armor. He takes off his armor. And when you neglect the duty and you're not serving in the capacity God's called you in your life and God's directed you, whatever that may look like individually, uh, it's different for everybody. But when you're not serving in the way and the capacity that God has called you, that is when the devil is going to have free reign to throw his darts of doubt and deception and lust at you in your life. You wonder why you can't get past your lust. You wonder why you can't get past your desire. You wonder why you can't get past your anger. But I wonder if you would check if you're neglecting your duty. Because we all have wicked things in our mind. Uh, I, one of the most profound things I've ever heard, and I believe I've shared it before, is one man uh, I, I knew, he was saved and he's passed on now. But when he was saved, it was after a message was preached where the preacher said, if we could take a projector and set a projector up on the stage and individually go to each person and show the thoughts and the things in your mind on a daily basis on the projector, man, how would that make us feel? I would crawl under the church. I would go, you'd see me if I go to the crawl space with a, with, a, with, a, with a shovel. Because I would not want the desires and the intents and the things in my mind and the flesh that clings on to me. I don't want that to be seen by anybody else. We're already full of sin. And we neglect our duty. And we take our armor off and we lay around at home. There's no doubt David ends up in his sin with Bathsheba. There's no doubt why this happens. Because he neglects his duty. And I wonder in your life today, things are not going right, things are not uh, going good, and you're wondering what's going on. And Lord, I can't uh, control the lust, I can't control the stress, I can't control the anxiety, I can't control the desire or the urge for alcohol or drugs or sex or whatever it may be. I can't control it. I wonder how you're serving in the capacity God's called you. You say, well, I, I, I'm just a church member. Look at your church attendance. Are you coming to the house of God expecting to be fed, expecting to, to, be, to serve, expecting to get a blessing? You say, well, well I'm, a, I'm a Sunday school teacher. Well, you teach every Sunday and everything seems, seems fine, everything seems all right, but what are you pouring into it each week? What kind of time are you spending with God? You say, well, well I do this or I do that. What kind of time are you investing into your service to God? Because I'm telling you, David, he laid it down. He said, I've been out fighting, I've been out battling, I'm getting weary, I'm getting tired, I'm getting uh, pushed down, 
And I'm, I'm going to take it easy. When you start taking it easy, that's when the devil kicks it into overdrive. This is what happened. The devil, he kicked it into overdrive. He knew David was taking it easy. You say, well, you just, you expect, you expect too much from me. Hey, I fight that battle every day. That I am who I need to be. Just you think, just because I'm the preacher, that I got it all together. That, calls, that every day I wake up and I'm, I'm just, oh, praise you, Lord. Thank you for waking me up once again. And I'm going to go and I'm going to get on my face in the floor in the kitchen. And thank you for the breakfast. And I'm going to get up and I'm going to walk around. And I'm going to say a prayer for everybody I know. And I'm going to uh, shalom, shalom, shalom. Do a holy Mary, whatever. Do, just wake up every morning and just praising God and screaming. I have to make a choice every day. Don't think just because I'm the preacher because I, I got it all together. This is David. This is the king. He's the king. People expected him to have it all together. But I need your prayers. David, what he needed to do is get up and he needed to be where he was supposed to be. But you know what happens? He didn't have anybody to tell him. Who's going to walk up to the king? We'll see Nathan later in life of David. We'll get to that. But who's going to walk up to the king and be like, what are you doing? You ought to be... Ought to be. I just saw the army head out of Jerusalem. Why are you still standing here? No, there ain't nobody going to do that. And it's getting hard-pressed in our days for somebody to tell us we need to get things straight. Now, you can't find nobody to tell you to get your life straight. I'm afraid of offending somebody. And there's too many people that are neglecting their duty that they're not spiritually in a, in a spiritual condition to be able to tell anybody else to straighten up. David, he's in a mess. And he didn't have anybody tell him, shake him, David, you got to go to war. He said, I'm going to take it easy. He might have even heard from his chamber them singing his praises. He might have even heard the stories. Maybe one of his men come in and said, I was just down at the, the public house. And uh, they was talking about all the great things we did in this last battle, David. They was talking about how great your leadership was, David. They was talking about how we besieged the Syrians. They was talking about how we've defeated the Ammonites. They was talking about how mighty you are and how wonderful your military mind is, David. Now, that's just my, my thoughts. But I think David... You know, a, a point in time in David is they sang his praises. Saul's killed his thousands and David's killed his ten thousands. There's, there's a lot of people sang the praises of David. And maybe he thought, you know what? I could slack off this one time. We've already whipped the Ammonites up a little bit. It ain't going to be much. Joab and my mighty men, young men in here, maybe young ladies too. You like superheroes? Study about David's mighty men. Some superheroes right there. He sent the Avengers in, boys. He did. I got an army like that. I might take it easy myself. Y'all go handle them. That's light work. And he said at home. He said at home. I wonder. Maybe it's unchecked relationship in your life. Maybe somebody hasn't said, hey, Pick it up. Maybe you got through a victory and you say, I can take a break. I deserve a break. 
I deserve a break. You know, you ever work outside in the heat? You come in, you sit down, your wife's doing something, and you're like, you know, I've been out there, and it's 90 degrees. She's washing dishes. Man, it's hot outside. I just got to take a break. And if you're lucky, she make you a sandwich. Then that makes you feel really bad. You know, you ever done that, though? You come in and you see somebody laboring and working and you're thinking, man, i got to take a break. And you feel obligated to say, I've, been, I've had it hard recently. I've been out there in the heat. You ever go to your preacher and say, i got to take a break. Sometimes we need a break. David was in a position. His break messed him up so bad, I bet he wished. Maybe at some point in time he thought, I should have never just sent Joab. I should have went myself. Taking a break. Now, hey, you need a break, you need a breather, take a break. But you need to be in the house of God, and you need to be plugged in. You need to be around God's people. David took a break, and he sat down. And you'll find that he laid down. So David, first, he neglects his duty, and it puts him in a vulnerable position. He takes off the armor of God as he's there tarrying in Jerusalem. Verse 2, it says, And it came to pass in an evening tide that David arose from off his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman washing herself. And the woman was very beautiful to look upon. David, you see, he was not only neglecting his duty, but he was lacking purpose. What does it say there? It came to pass in an evening tide that David arose from off his bed. He's laying around the bed in the evening. This is what I was talking about when I said that, that when you're not where you're supposed to be, that is when lust and the things of the devil will begin to form and be fueled and grow in your mind. When you're not where you're supposed to be, because when you're not where you're supposed to be, you lack purpose. And David lacked purpose. He's laying around the bed there in the evening. He should have been out planning the next battle. He should have been out with Joab talking about the siege. But you know what he was doing? He's laying around the bed. And he gets up, and he gets up sinless. He gets up from his bed sinless. And you find later, he goes to the bed of sin. He goes back in sin. But he gets up and sinless, and he says, I'm going to stretch my legs. And he walks out on his roof, and he sees Bathsheba. Now, I don't know how close Uriah and Bathsheba lived to David. But he'd probably seen her before. He probably thought, man, she's a beautiful woman. And when you're the king, you can have whatever you want. But that was against the law of God to have another man's wife. And God had already allowed David to have many wives. And he still wasn't satisfied. And he looks down and he sees Bathsheba. She's cleansing herself. And Sam, I never thought of it like this. But I always kind of thought of Bathsheba as being provocative. Like she was looking for the attention. And, and nothing in the Bible indicates that she was complicit or was not complicit or was provocative or whatever. But uh, Bathsheba is usually presented as the harlot. Amen? You, you ever heard a message like that? But I got to thinking about David. And David walks out on his roof. And you know what? I'd say David had, had the tallest roof in Jerusalem. I'd say David had the tallest roof in Jerusalem. David got out of that bed with the privilege of looking down on everybody else in Jerusalem. He should have been out at battle. But he looks down 
And Bathsheba, you know, her husband was gone. She might have thought the men are gone. You find that she was cleansing herself. And in the, I'm not going to get into all the details because that's sticky, but in the menstrual cycle of a woman, in this time when that would finish, they would cleanse themselves. She was only doing under the law what she was supposed to do. She was supposed to cleanse herself. And he looks down and he sees her and he maybe thought, I think he knew that was somebody's wife. He, he knew Uriah. That was one of his mighty men. And he sees her and his lack of purpose, his lack of purpose, the devil grabbed hold of the attention of his mind right there. He didn't have anything else to do. He might have said, oh, I'm going to battle. It's, hey, it's not a sin to be tempted. It's not a sin to be tempted. I knew I'd get a lot of amens this morning. It's not a sin to be tempted. But I'm telling you what, David should have turned around and walked away. Hey, a beautiful woman, a handsome man. Beautiful woman's a beautiful woman. Handsome man's a handsome man. But you let it, it'll eat you alive. For, it'll eat you for breakfast. It ate, it ate David for breakfast because he saw her and his lack of purpose. He didn't have anything else to do. He thought, I'm the king. I'm taking it easy. I'm resting. I am laid back. I'm taking her easy. I'm going to indulge in my lust. His lack of purpose. The devil get a hold of you if you lack purpose. You neglect your duty, you're going to lack purpose. You're not serving God as you're supposed to. You're going to be in the same position as David. David's about to leave. Maybe he walks out on his, uh, maybe he walks out on his roof to take one last look before he heads out to battle. Oh, there's Bathsheba. I got to go to battle. We'll see you. But he didn't. He looks down and he sees her and he thought, I got a lot of free time, boys. All the men are gone. I got a lot of free time. Going on to verse 3. And David sent and inquired about the woman. And one said, Is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? David, he had a wandering eye. He looked at her, and he didn't turn away and walk away and say, I got something else to do. Hey, you start with sin in your life, you may not have to go to battle, but you need to find something to do. I'm about to go sweep the floor to get the devil off of me. Hey, think about the king sweeping the floor. I'm fighting temptation, sweeping the floor. He'd have done, he'd have done a lot better had he swept the floor. He'd have done a lot better if he said, I got to be somewhere and just walk away. You know, you get down on the ground level, you can't see stuff like that. I'm going to go walk the streets. Am I going somewhere? Somebody? Amen? Somewhere? Come on, thank you. He had a wandering eye. He looks on Bathsheba, and I don't believe he turns away. I believe he indulges in the ability to look on her as she bathes. We all know the truth of the proverbial saying, the devil finds work for idle hands to do. And Matthew Henry observes, standing waters gather filth. Standing water, gather filth. You're in the wrong place. You might be in the wrong place at the wrong time. But you're in the wrong place without something to do. You ain't going to do nothing but gather filth. God delivers David after this. God forgives David after this. Praise the Lord. But I mean, there are time after time after time that he could have done it different. 
And I have sinned. I'm telling you, y'all, y'all know, I'm, I ain't going to lie to you. I have sinned. I've done wrong. I've, I've, I've been in, in, in similar shoes, done similar things. But time after time, you see, David could have walked away. And the next time I face temptation, I want to see the flags pop up. You can walk away. You can walk away. You can walk away. You can run away. David, he had a wandering eye. He looked on her and he indulged. He didn't walk away. And David sent, verse 3, and inquired after the woman. And one said, is, this, is not this Bathsheba the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? Eliam and Uriah are going to be important as we continue. Somebody said to the king, somebody did speak up then. Are you not sending me to another man's wife? And that other man, that's Uriah. That's Eliam. Eliam was David's mighty men, one of David's mighty men. And Uriah was one of David's mighty men. If you come back tonight, Lord willing, I'll tell you why Uriah may be the greatest character in the life of David. But you got to come back and see me. Shelby, that's Shelby's favorite message. So she'll be happy. But he says, is this not Bathsheba? This is... Uriah's wife. Maybe that servant said, just passed Uriah in the street, marching out to battle. And he didn't turn his king down. But David thought nobody would know. And that man right there, he knew. David thought he would be able to hide this. But he knew it. The man he sent to get Bathsheba knew it. And Bathsheba knew it. Most importantly, God knew it. You see where we're going here? He's spiraling out of control, folks. He had a wandering eye. Look at the birth of sin here. Verse 4. David, and David sent messengers and took her, and she came in unto him, and he lay with her, for she was purified from her uncleanliness, uncleanliness and she returned unto her house. You know, it breaks my heart when I read that because David's intention with her was just a moment of indulgence in his sin. He lays with her and he sends her away. Say, well, this was a little bit more grown up than I was expecting this morning. This is the Bible, folks. And the devil wants to trip us up with these same things today. He didn't have any further desire for Bathsheba than for that very moment that he laid with her. And that time passes and he sends her away. Is that love? That's not love. This is one of God's children. He gets a big dose of the truth here in a little bit. This is one of God's children. And he just uses her. And he just sends her away. The birth of sin. Verse 5. Look at the birth of death in David's life. And this one will take us a little while to really unfold. But it says, And the woman conceived... And sent and told David and said, I am with child. That's the birth of death in David's life. He'll lose that child. That child will die. And his son Absalom will turn against him. Look at the, the consequences just so far in verse 5 of the sin of David. Now, we've seen him in the wrong place. We've seen him without anything to do. We've seen him with a wandering eye. We've seen him commit the sin 
And as I said, verse 5, where the birth of death, that takes a while to unfold. But look, let me tell you what the, the, the sin and the consequences of David up to this point, these first five verses. Now, this took a little time. After verse 4, it took a little time to span out to find out Bathsheba was pregnant. There's, there's, a, there's, a, there's some time in there. But during this period of time, David, his sin, it compromised Bathsheba as a wife. That was Uriah's sheep, as we'll see. That was Uriah's little lamb, as you'll see. That was his wife that David compromised. His sin with her, whether she was complicit or not, it does not matter. He's the king. He can do what he wants. You tell him no, he might chop your head off. Whatever the, the circumstances were, he compromised Bathsheba as another man's wife. And that is wrong. That's wrong. You don't touch, you don't touch someone else's wife. He compromised Bathsheba as another man's wife. His sin brought a child outside of his family structure. God had been merciful to him. David, he wanted uh, a slew of wives just like all the other kings in the land. And God had been merciful to him. God had allowed him to indulge. But yet this child that will be born, it was outside of his family structure. It wasn't with another one of his wives. It was with another man's wife. And that's wrong. Amen. Praise the Lord. David sinned against Uriah the Hittite. He compromised Bathsheba, but he also sinned against Uriah. And you'll find Uriah was the most dedicated, I believe, of his mighty men. He sinned directly against him by laying with Bathsheba. I'd never seen this, Sam. But David sinned against the other parties of his household. Bathsheba, if you go to study the, the lineage and the family of Bathsheba, the Bible says that, as we saw there uh, in, in uh, verse 3, that Eliam was her dad. Now, Eliam is one of David's mighty men. Eliam, if you follow the genealogy, and I, this is just my opinion, if you follow Eliam's genealogy, Eliam's, grandfather, or Eliam's daddy was Ahithophel. You know who Ahithophel was? That was David's counselor. David not only sinned against Bathsheba, he sinned against Uriah the Hittite, he sinned against Eliam, who was Bathsheba's father, and he sinned against Ahithophel, who was Bathsheba's grandfather. All of these men served David, and he offended every single one of them. He sinned directly against every one of those men. What a shame that is. Your sin, you may think, well, I've just, sinned, I've just done this one person wrong. When you sin, there are so many affected by our sin. So many are affected by our sin. Not just that one person. It wasn't just Bathsheba. And I preached this for many years that it was only Uriah. But you know what? Eliam, he was sinned against too. That was her daddy. And Ahithophel, her grandfather, was sinned against. And you know what happens with Ahithophel, David's counselor? He turns against him with Absalom. Ahithophel turns against David with Absalom. He may have not done that. I don't know. He may have stayed true to David had that sin not taken, taken place with Bathsheba. I don't know about Eliam. I don't know if there's any. I hadn't looked to see if there's any scripture about that part. I don't know if there is. I, I haven't found anything. But it affects more than just that one person. It affects more than just you. We're selfish to think that our sin Lord, forgive me and go on, and he will. 
If you come to him with a repentant heart, he will forgive your sins. But it affects so many others. So many others. I got a lot out of that. I don't know about you, but I got a lot out of that. David's sin offended the law of God. The law forbade a man. I mean, you'd be put to death. You touch another man's wife. But he offended God. He was the king. No telling how that, that might have been handled. We see what happens later on in the scriptures, but David's sin, most importantly, and what's the worst thing about it is his sin harmed his relationship with his God. And he spent a pretty good while away from the Lord. I mean, that whole time in between his sin with Bathsheba and finding out she was pregnant, I don't think he thought about it a drop. I don't think he thought about it. If you would stand with me.